0: listening to the refinery church podcast each message comes from our saturday night service in brea california we pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today let's all read our theme verse together and charge this room with god's word james chapter one verse 22 ready begin but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says It's good to listen to God. It's good to hear from God. As a matter of fact, if you want direction, if you want insight, if you want wisdom, if you want to know how to overcome life's challenges, get into God's word and learn how to hear from him. But you can't just hear. You got to do. Because if you just listen, it's like a man who looks in a mirror and sees what he needs to change and he walks away and nothing has changed. You have to be a doer. We have to be doers. Tonight, we're going to get that, that third portion of verb, and that is share. Everybody say share. share. I'm excited about this one. Sharing. Sharing. Okay, let's be honest. Who's not a real good sharer in here? And you don't mind admitting it. Okay, good, good. Be, that's good. Let's get some freedom in here. You know, just, <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Hey, I'm the first one to raise my hand because like I've said before, I'm an only child. I didn't have to share. So sharing is not natural for me. I remember going to preschool and that was one of the things that I can still remember. My mom being called into the preschool and saying, you know, Kelly is having trouble sharing. (laughs) Because at home I don't have to share. I get it. But I've learned, I've practiced how to share, and, and I learned a phrase, which I know has been around for a long time. I learned it when I was in elementary school, it's, and it goes like this. Sharing is... Sharing. See, we all learn that. Sharing is caring. Sharing demonstrates the fact that we care. And we begin to learn this value as a little kid. And it it should carry with us all the way through our life, even into our senior years. And I've interacted with some senior folks, and they feel like, man, I don't have to share anymore. I've lived my life, I've done good stuff, and now I don't have to share. Well, that's not true. Matter of fact, I have a video right here of of an older couple learning how to share. Take a look. Turn it up. (laughs) can you say nasty (laughs) but he was willing to share so that she could enjoy that Tonight, I want to focus on sharing, but not just sharing anything, not just sharing stuff. I want to talk about sharing the most valuable thing that you have. Think in your mind right now, what's the most valuable thing you have? Think about around your house, your car. What's the most valuable thing you have? I'm going to challenge you tonight to share that most valuable thing. What are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking that's the most valuable thing? Well, I'm going to tell you what your most valuable thing is. It may not be what you're thinking. Most valuable thing you have just disappeared. And it just disappeared again. And it just disappeared right now. What is it? Time. Time, Time is the most valuable, valuable thing you have. And tonight I want to talk a little bit about Sharing. 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 A number of years ago, before we get into that phrase there, Ken, while we pull it back to the, there we go. A number of years ago, there was an author by the name of Dr. Gary Chapman. He wrote a book that became very, very famous. And some of you probably heard it in here. It's called The Five Love Languages. Anybody wave at me if you've heard the title of that. Okay, good. Many of you have. It's been around for, I think, around 30 years. 30 years. He produced all sorts of support material. He's taught seminars and marriage conferences. And he's taught around these five ways that he says we give love and we receive love. And he's kind of categorized it into these five simple ways that you receive love. That you acknowledge, hey, this person is demonstrating love to me. Or the other way, this is how you give love. And those five ways are this. Number one, words of affirmation. If you're a person that likes to be affirmed with words, that means that you receive love that way. Words of affirmation. Number two is acts of service. When somebody does something kind for you, somebody comes and makes your bed for you. Wouldn't that be nice? Somebody (laughs) washes the dishes. Somebody cleans your house. Those are acts of service and you feel loved. Yeah, there's some moms in here going, yes, that would be so nice. (laughs) So nice. Number three, gifts, gifts, tangible, physical gifts. A friend of mine is an incredible gift giver and his love language is gifts. When he first started hanging out with our family, his name is Shane Jackson, he would come to our house and he would constantly be giving my kids gifts. Here, I bought this for you. Here, I bought that for you. We went to Disneyland one time. My girls came out of Disneyland with giant suckers, hats on their heads, because he just, that's the way he demonstrates love is by giving gifts. Okay, that's that's one way. The fourth way is physical touch, physical touch. That's one for me. Um, I love to have my wife run her fingers through my hair. Me too, me too. What are they laughing at? I don't understand, James. Well, okay, so I don't have any hair, but I do like when she rubs my bald head. (laughs) I do, I do. And, And honestly, physical touch, it's like I relax because when somebody loves me, is putting their hands on my head or on my shoulder or holding my hand, it is a wonderful thing. I, I can remember the feelings I felt. It was many years ago when we went uh, to see a movie. We went and saw my wife and I. We were dating at the time. Our first date. We went to the movie Back to the Future. Yeah. 1985. 1985. As we went, when we went on our first date And I can remember sitting in the movie theater And, and, and you've probably seen these kinds of uh, These scenes in the movies My hand is sitting here And Leah's hand is sitting here right And they just got a little closer And a little closer And I can remember When my finger touched her finger It was like electricity went through my body And I'm like I'm in love Just a little finger touch Physical touch. That's one of the ways that I, that I feel and, and experience love. The fifth one is called quality time. Time. And that's the one I really want to focus on. Uh, in the fellows home, I've discovered that uh, the way our family feels love is really through a lot of these. Each of us, uh, Leah, myself, Rachel, and Emma, we all experience these at different levels. But the one common one for all four of us, is quality time. We love time together, serving together, hanging out together, working together, as long as we're together. Because we know this, time is valuable. Time is precious. And you don't get to keep it for very long. Each of us are given, every night at midnight, your time bank account, is given 24 hours. How will you use it that day? Each of us are given a gift of time. How will you use it? How will you spend it? If we think about that in a year, that's 8,760 hours in a year. If you sleep on average of eight hours, if you're blessed enough to be able to sleep eight hours, If you're a young adult, you might sleep 12 to 15 hours. If you're a teenager, you can sleep 20 hours in a day. I remember. But if you sleep on average of eight hours, you can subtract 3,000 hours in that year. So of your 8,760 hours, subtract 3,000. That basically gives you 5,800 hours. 5,800 hours to do something to make a difference somewhere and once it's spent it's gone you don't get it back each day we're given the gift of time my question is how will you use it how will you spend this investment you know you can tell a lot about a person by how they use their time can't you if you think about it you can tell what matters to a person by where they spend their time, understanding that time is so valuable. For example, if work is important, you know, that person doesn't mind working 50, 60, 70, 80 hours at the job because work is important. They like that, they, they see that as valuable. Or entertainment maybe entertainment is important to you, maybe that matters to you, so you don't mind spending time with entertainment. Whether it's gaming or whether it's movies or whether it's online stuff, entertainment matters to you. Education. You don't mind spending time on your education because education matters. Or family. Family matters to you, so you, you take the time to be with your family. Or health and fitness matters to you. So you purpose to take the time every single day or every single week to be healthy. Recreation matters to you. So you take the time, relaxation matters to you. So you don't mind taking two hours to go to the spa and be pampered for two hours with the weird music from nature, you know, and the cool water and the hot steam and the the warm rocks and the mud things and all these things because you you don't mind because relaxation matters to you. I have a friend who's really into cars, all right? He reads magazines. He watches television shows. Matter of fact, I see all the time, whenever I'm over near his house, I see inside of his windows and he's watching things about cars. He visits websites. He works on cars. He restores cars. He goes to car shows. I can tell you what matters to him by the way he spends his time. He loves cars. Now, think about your week this week coming up. How will you spend your time? How will you use this precious thing called time? Imagine you're weak. Now listen, all those things that I listed, entertainment, exercise, all those things, I'm not saying any of that is bad, all right? I'm not saying anything like that. But if we use up our time on these things, it could be that you don't have enough time left to do what matters most. We live in a a day and age where there are constant attacks and constant demands on our time. And if we're not careful, we're just going to give it over. And we're going to get to the end of the day. We're going to get to the end of the week. We're going to get to the end of our life. And we're going to go, what did I do that matters? What am I going to do that matters? Let me challenge you. How about considering this week, this month, this year, using some time to make a difference in somebody else's life? Something that can last eternally. Because this quote that I'm, that I'm going to put up on the screen again is kind of our theme. It summarizes this, this, uh, this message tonight, and it's this. Go ahead and show it, Ken. Sharing your time with a person may be the most valuable thing you can give them. Sharing your time with a person may be the most valuable thing you can give. We're called to be doers. We're called to be people of faith and not just people of faith in word, but in deed also. That includes practical giving and the sharing of our time. Let me give you some scriptural basis behind any of that and then we're going to wrap up with a challenge. The apostle Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8. He's talking to the church in Thessalonica. He has a caring caring heart towards them and this is what he says. He says, "We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news but our own lives too." The Apostle Paul is saying, I shared with you the gospel and my life. I gave you my time. He equates the gospel equally with the giving of his own life to these people. Because when we give time, we're demonstrating God's love and our love towards people because time is the most valuable thing we have. It's the most valuable thing we own. It's the most valuable thing we possess. It was obvious that his demonstration of love was time. Jesus, oh my goodness, when Jesus was here on earth, he talked about that all the time because he knew his time here was short and he wanted people to prioritize, to be people who made a difference in other people's lives. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus puts a challenge out to a man Whose priorities are a little tweaked. And he wants to help adjust this man's priorities. This man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I want eternal life. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Good teacher. Matter of fact, let me read to you Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 20. Says someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What must I do? So he got it. He knew he had to be a doer. Jesus says, why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. This was a little side comment that was Jesus was making, but let's not get into that. Jesus says, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commands. Well, which ones, the man asks. And Jesus replies, well, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus begins to rehearse the Mosaic Law. This man would have been very familiar with it. He was a a good Jewish man. And so this man is saying, (laughs) I have have adhered to the Ten Commandments. I've adhered to the Mosaic Law. Take a look. He says, I've obeyed all these commands, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, and the Greek word for that is actually translated to mean complete. Complete. If you want to be complete, go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. And here it is. Then come and follow me. You see, Jesus asked the man for something more valuable than obedience to the law, than doing good, than being good. He he, he asked for something more than the silver and gold that, that the man possessed, which was much. Jesus asked for his time when he said, come and follow me. Time matters. Time is valuable. Sadly, the Bible says that the man left sad because he had a lot of stuff. And the stuff owned him. There's a few more examples Uh, I'm going to list some scripture references if you're a note taker. I'm not going to go into great detail, but you can go back and see some other areas where Jesus uh, talks about this. Uh, When he was recruiting his first followers, he comes to Peter, he comes to James and John. He says, hey guys, put down your nets and follow me. He's saying, time. Come on, time. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus is speaking to a crowd like this. And they're hanging on every one of his words. And he says, if you want to inherit eternal life, take up your cross and follow me. Follow me is is saying, come, let's spend time together because time matters. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus shares a parable about a great feast intended to represent God's kingdom, what God's kingdom will look like. And the parable highlights Many who are called. It says many are called, but few actually attend the meal. And their excuse, I just don't have the time. I just don't want to take the time to go there. Our daily lives can be consumed with so much busy activity that that we can use up all of our time On stuff that may not really last. If time is this valuable, do you want to waste it on stuff that really ultimately doesn't last? I mean, we commit to a sport that eventually we won't be able to play. We commit our time to a career that eventually we're going to retire. We commit a significant amount of time to a workout routine that eventually our bodies will not look the way we intend them to look how much more so should we be investing time into things that last right things that make a difference such as doing god's will and making the difference in others lives listen i've had the opportunity to live on this earth for 50 years And I've interacted as a pastor with folks whose lives have come to a close. In the many funerals that I've done and memorial services that I've performed, I've never, ever heard someone give a testimony about the person who is deceased saying they really wish they had spent more time at the job. They really wish they'd spent more time, fill in the blank. No, what t- typically people feel on the time at the end of their life is, "Gosh, I wish I'd spent more time with the people I love. I wish I'd spent more time making a difference in others' lives." We're all going to come to the end someday. How will you have spent your time? How will you have used your time? I uh, I spent many years counseling parents and uh, married couples. That's what I've spent the primary portion of my ministry over the last 30 years is sitting with parents and coaching parents and doing seminars with parents and married couples, young married couples, older married couples. And um, I often will tell parents, listen, more than an education for your kids, more than stylish clothes, more than the latest tech gadget, your children need your time. And I say to couples, your spouse needs more than a sparkly gift, more than a perfect house. Your spouse needs your time. Often I'll sit with them, well, I, I, I'm a busy man. I'm making a living for my family. And that's how I demonstrate that I love them. You know, I provide for them. And, and I say, yes, awesome. And he goes, I have quality time with my children. Every third Friday of the month, I take out one of my children on a date. And it's a very nice date. And, and then the fourth one, I take my wife out on the fourth Friday of every month. It's quality time. And I say, excellent. That is great quality time. But here's something I've learned. To get the quality, you need quantity. It's like mining for gold. You got to dig, you got to dig, and you got to take a lot of the dirt out of the ground to get a little bit of gold. To get the quality time that you want, it's going to require quantity. Time is very valuable. And we have the opportunity to invest into others and make a difference that lasts eternally. Let me close with this. Come on up, James. In this series of verb, being doers of God's word, I want to challenge all of us. We we are a generous, generous congregation. We're becoming a generous congregation. And the giving bag is one of the ways that we do that. But another way is looking for ways to spend time. Spend time with others. Let me read to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, as we close. says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's a word for us tonight. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly. You know what a a thoughtless person does? They waste time. They burn time. I remember one time I went to a movie and I'm sitting there after about 10, 15 minutes going, I've got to get out of here. I am wasting my time. It was pure idiocy. And I didn't even care that I wasn't going to get my money back. I didn't want to waste my time. That $10, that's nothing compared to the next hour and a half of my life. And I did. I got up and I left. I said, I'm done. I'm done. There's a whole lot. I'd rather go eat a good meal than sit here wasting my time. There's a lot of us that are just wasting time. 8,760 hours this year. 3,000 of it, you'll sleep, which is good. Your body needs it so that you can live the other 5,700 hours. How will you spend those 5,700 hours this year? Oh, the exercise, that's good. The work, that's necessary. But don't do so much that you miss out on what matters most touching the lives of others, investing into your families. In these crazy days, take time. Ask a person to coffee and hear their story. Listen. Watch a couple's child for an evening so that they can go out on a date. That's a gift of Offer a single person or an older person to do some repairs on their car, in their house, or their apartment. Give them the gift of time. This week there was a... uh, I'll go ahead and say his name. Neil came over uh, this week to the church. Him and his wife were new to the church and uh, he came over and we had some coffee together and he came back on Friday. I didn't ask him. But he came back on Friday and he helped us out around the church. He said, I've got some time. So he came over, helped hang our new banners, helped fix the door. Maybe he did some other things around here that I'm not even aware of. But he sowed his time here. He gave his time and that's precious. And I value it. How will you spend your time this week? When we give time to others, we demonstrate God's love. And they feel it. They sense it the experience Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at Wearerefinery.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are God bless.